Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the John Appetit Podcast. I am Roy Burton. Alongside me, as always, is my lovely wife, Chanel. How are you doing today, Chanel? I am fantastic. Fantastic. We got a great and a fantastic during our recording episode, our recording session. This is a beautiful thing. I'm going to capitalize on this. I'm happy to be alive, buddy. Happy to be here. We are ready to go. Happy to be back in front of the microphone recording another episode for you guys. We have some good stuff to talk about on this edition of the podcast. In our main segment, we're going to talk about a place we have frequented quite a bit during the pandemic, uh, Nimit Palace here in Jersey. We haven't talked a lot about Jersey places, so we're going to try to be more inclusive and we're going to talk about places um, on both sides of the bridge. And yeah, because we have some favorites here as well. We do. So Nimit Palace is a place, that an Indian uh, spot that we've tried, uh, we've gone through several times over the past few months, and we like it a lot, so we're going to talk about it on this edition of the show. But before we get to that... Of course, we have to catch you up on all the latest news and accolades for Philadelphia Restaurant. And as always, we have some upcoming events to tell you about, including a concert with two of Temple's finest that includes food as well. So you want to keep a lock for that. So a lot of stuff to get to on this edition of the John Appetit Podcast. Before we do all that, as always, we want to thank you guys out there for listening to us and supporting us. Um, however you do so, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube Music, Spotify, Spreaker, uh, just do a search for John Appetit and download us to your um, your phone, your computer, your iPad, your MP3-enabled device. Listen at home or take us with you on the go 24-7-365. We truly appreciate all your support. And follow us on the social media as well. We're John App- at John Appetit on each and every social media platform that we know how to use, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are not doing TikTok. I'm no, they steal your information. <laughs> <laughs> no idea how that works. And uh, so we're, not, we're not doing that as well. Also, shout-outs to our friends, over at the War Room Sports Podcast Network, the flagship show, War Room Sports, tissue and a tape for all you hip-hop heads. And you want to check out my show, The Broad Street Line, um, every Saturday at 10 a.m. on 106.5 FM, WPPM in Philadelphia, or wherever you are, um, you can listen to The Broad Street Line, War Room Sports, or tissue and a tape wherever you get your podcast. So if you're a sports fan, War Room Sports and The Broad Street Line have you covered. If you love music and hip-hop, our friends over at Tissue and the Tape, Phil and Savad, have you covered with that. So please check them out. Give them some love as well. Before we get into it, shout outs to our good friends, Padma Lakshmi, Top Chef, uh, Taste Padma of the Nation. doesn't know you, buddy. She re- re- retweeted one of our posts at some point or liked one of our posts at some point. You don't even know. I don't remember. It was a Twitter interaction. <laughs> so what happened? Uh, which is more than we got from Tay Diggs. But Tay Diggs follow. Well, no, Tay Diggs follow. I don't know what's more. A fo- is a follow more? Or is it retweet more? A retweet is more. Probably, yeah. So, all right. So You don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. You Shout out to Tay know. Diggs, Fast 9, F9, out in them studios, out in any, any uh, station, stations, geez, the theaters. It's been a while since I've been Tay to Tay Diggs theater. is in Fast 9? Isn't he in Fast 9? Yeah. Are you sure uh, Tay Diggs? I'm saying Tay I'm sorry. That's Tyrese. That's Tyrese. I'm sorry. Oh, you I'm are I'm so I'm confusing all black up. people. I'm confusing oh, all the black people wow. together. Wow. I did the black people confusion wow. thing. Wow. Wow, I'm sure Tyrese is. I'm sure Tay Diggs. No, I'm sure Tay Diggs does not appreciate that. I apologize, Tay Diggs. I I, I wow. know your IG. I know your IG videos. I look. I don't want to just say like I know he was in Care Bears. Like I don't want to just go to go the Care Bears route. So I was trying to throw him some something else. Um, so shout out to Tay Diggs, a different black man. Following us on the Twitter machine. All right, Philly. It's time for our all black everything segment. Shout out. To Sharice McGill, local artisan foods. We've talked about her before and her French toast bites. Um, she had a stand. Uh, she has a stand that's currently at Cherry Street Pier, Spruce Street Harbor Park. You can see them at Made in America. 
We also also talked about her before for her uh, French toast seasoning yes. that we bought before and purchased before. Did you ever use it on the bacon? Did you ever try it with the bacon or no? No, I use it in my coffee. Yeah, and I use it in coffee. <laughs> and I, I thought about maybe this will work with bacon. Yeah, it probably would, but I, I wanted it for my coffee. Yeah, I know she uh, she uh, puts uh, puts it on the bacon. If you go to the stands, uh, this Cherry Street Pier in Spruce Street Harbor Park, I'll they put it on their bacon. This week. Um, but we want to shout out uh, her and Local Artisan Foods because they have paired with Yards Brewing Company to distribute a beer called French Toast Bites Ale. We have some. We tried it. It's very good. It is the... Pennsylvania's only beer by a black-owned, female-owned business. And this isn't just a kind of like a one-off kind of thing. This is a year-round permanent release with Yards Brewing Company. So shout-out to Sharice, uh, fellow Temple Owl. Shout-out to local artisan foods. This beer is available um, in Acme and Total Wine, you know, wherever wherever they sell beer near you at those two sp- spots. Um, again, I was able to buy it at the uh, the old Nelson near uh, Temple University's campus. So it is available. Again, you know, wherever you get Yards Brewing company beers you should be able to f- find a french toast bites ale um, i think a four pack is probably like 10 bucks or something like, along those lines um again it's not too it's not super sweet like you would think it might be super sweet super syrupy it's not it's got a good amount of sweetness um this is probably a good beer for people who don't necessarily like beer um if you're one of those people who like dry ipas and all that stuff like that this ain't for you like this ain't hoppy and ipa or whatever like that. you hate ipas you can't stand them They're terrible <laughs> i love myself so i hate ipas now, this is, again, this is a very approachable beer for a lot of people. So, again, French Toast Bites Ale, Sharice McGill, Local Artisan Foods. We will always shout out a Temple Owl who's doing some stuff out here in the community. So, shout out to her for something that's very awesome. Again, Pennsylvania's only beer by a black-owned, female-owned business. So, congrats to her. Check out French Toast Bites Ale and let us know what you think. So, check it out. All right, Philly, what is new or what's new for us to talk about? Restaurant we mentioned on the last episode of the show, Laser Wolf was named one of the best new restaurants in the world by Condé Nast Magazine. That's insane. The world. Again, this is the Israeli grill slash skewer house from uh, the Cook and Salamanov group um, here in Philadelphia. Opened in early 2020 and was named one of GQ's best restaurants in America last year. Uh, even despite the pandemic, again, they're still doing business and they're still making waves in the foodie community. Uh, here's a quote from the article. Quote, for a flat per diner price, his kitchen will inundate your table with creamy hummus, hot puffy pita, a vivid array of seasonal vegetarian salatim, and family-style skewers like Romanian-style beef kebabs, tamarind-slathered trout, and charred eggplant. I told you before that it was on my list. Yeah. And this is just even makes it even higher on my list. Um, yeah, we got to go here. They have shabazi wings here, man. There's shabazi wings. It's like, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, this ain't even fair. Yeah, no. so Laser Wolf. I'm going to need a lot of money when I go here because I'm buying everything. Yeah, this is another place where it's kind of more a little difficult than normal to get reservations, obviously, since they win a ton of awards. But, again, if you can get in Laser Wolf, again, do yourself a favor because um, it's highly, highly regarded um, in the national and international uh, restaurant circles. A Westchester chocolate shop has been named one of the best in America. We keep winning awards here in Philadelphia. Uh, this is Eclat Chocolate was named to Food & Wine's list of 50 finest chocolate makers and at chocolate shops. And here's a quick quote, uh, quoting, according to Food & Wine, quote, some of the country's most intricate bonbons caramels infused with calvados, I don't know, oh, I'm sorry, truffles made with rare Peruvian national cacao can be found at the masterful Christopher Curtin's workshop west of Philadelphia, but don't miss the crowd-pleasing bars, milk or dark, filled with crunchy Pennsylvania-style Dutch pretzels in nearby Lancaster County. I never thought about 
putting Dutch style pretzels in a chocolate bar. Like that's that's different. You have to take me here. That's different. Um, that's in Westchester. It's a little far. Um, this dude. <laughs> so this dude. So Christopher Curtin, he's the owner of this. He trained in Paris, so I know he knows what he's doing. He trained in Paris, and he was the first American to receive the honor of German master pastry chef and chocolatier. So a man trained in Paris and won a German chocolate awards. Like this is fire. And you're talking about it's too far. It's too far. He traveled with Anthony Bourdain to to Peru for an episode of Parts Unknown, and he worked with Jose Garces at Victory Brewing Company as well. You're so mean. Like this man knows his chocolate. And you don't want to take me. Um, open through Monday through Saturday. Um, the only day I'm available Sunday, and it's closed. So, eclatchocolate.com in Westchester. Do you guys hear how he does me? One of the best in America. You definitely should check this out. Um, yeah, no, this is a this sounds good. I'm, I'm not even a chocolate guy, but this sounds like a place to check out. I will take you. I, I don't want you me. to take me now. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, I will go do. on my own. I'll no, find you... someone to go with. <laughs> okay. All right. Then you'll call me when you get lost. <laughs> Uh, her Place Supper Club is now open in Rittenhouse. Now, this is from Amanda Shulman. Um, it's a supper club at 1740 Sansom Street. Uh, she previously was the, the first sous chef at Vetri Cucina, so she's got some chops to her. She has her own supper club, and she looks for a more permanent spot, um, possibly in downtown, but who knows. Um, this is a pop-up restaurant that where the menu changes weekly. Um, it's a set menu, $65 a person, and it's BYOB, and 6 p.m. every Sunday, the reservations open up for the week, and they, they kind of book up pretty quick. So if you want to check it out, do yourself a favor. Go to HerPlacePhilly.com or Her Place Supper Club on Instagram. Check out the menu. Check out how to reserve a spot. Again, the menu changes all the time, so we can't recommend it. We can't tell you about specific cuisines, but I've looked at some past menus on the Instagram. It looks pretty good. I don't know if you had a chance to check out Her Place Supper Club. No, I but didn't. It's, yeah, there's some good-looking stuff there. So Her Place Supper Club, again, Amanda Shulman. Um, she uh, used to, again, used to work at Vetri Cucina. So check that out if you want to check out a, a supper club here in Philadelphia. Sad news to report. No more to-go cocktails in Pennsylvania. This is a, one of the great. this was one of the greatest things during the pandemic where you can go to a restaurant or go to a bar and it would give you like a bag of cocktails. <laughs> it would give you cocktails in a big flask and you could take them home and, and, and enjoy them. Sadly, we cannot do that for the foreseeable future, at least. Um, they were introduced during the pandemic because before that you couldn't do it. Um, there was a bill that was introduced to make it permanent. It was kind of it was going to pass, but then there was a modification in the PA, I believe it was in the Senate, to allow grocery stores, convenience stores, uh, beer distributors, and hotels to do the same thing. And they thought that since if you widen it that much, then that would cannibalize from the the, the state-run wine and spirit stores. That's the problem. The wine and spirit stores are state-run. Right. So they were like, whoa, we got to chill. This might not work. So I think they're reworking the bill. From what I heard is they're reworking the bill. And so hopefully they'll pass it at some point during the uh, the fall session. However, Senate is out on recess for two months. Two so, of the best cities have to go. Well, you just get stuff to go. Yeah. You can drink it on the streets and... What are those two best cities? Las Vegas, Nevada, mm-hmm. and New Orleans, Louisiana. Exactly. So, hopefully. And they're not, you know, burning down. Is this a, is it, can you get this in to-go cup? No, but I, I, would, I like the thing. You can go to a restaurant, and you can get food to go, and yeah, you can you get, get cocktails cocktail to go. go. You, you go got to a look. favorite cocktail. You got a favorite 
dish, you get them to go. Like I can go to Little Nono's, I can get meatballs, I can get arancini balls, and I can get like an old fashioned or whatever to go. Like that was the greatest thing ever. Why are you going to take that away from us? I don't know. Because hopefully, they don't like fun. Hopefully, they come back. Um, finally, Kellogg's Bowl Bots are debuting on campus, uh, college campuses. These are vending machines that will offer custom blends of Kellogg's cereals, Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes, you know, etc., milks and dairy options, and toppings like fruits, nuts, and seeds. Bowls range in price from two ninety nine to six fifty but they are currently only available at Florida State and the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, how much so is a box of cereal? No, if you're in the dorm, right? And if you want, like, yo, let me get Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops mixed together how with much, skim milk. How much is a box of cereal? And listen, you know, you know, you know how big these would hit on college campuses. I know, because hit. I, I don't think people on college can't. If you're, like, living in a dorm, you're not thinking about the fact that I bought, you could buy a box of cereal or two boxes of cereal for one bowl. And the it. milk and the fruit. What fruit? People aren't getting fresh fruit I, in their cereal. I, I literally just said <laughs> fruits, nuts, and seeds. I so if you want bananas on top of that, then, again, if you're a college camp, you're going to pay again, 3 to $7. 7 up. Listen, these things are going to, if they can uh, figure out the fruit situation, these things are going to be massive. Like I would, I would, I would. I can see thing. if they put that at Temple, I could see you getting that. I would, no, I, would, I wouldn't do it. But no, I can see kids do it. No, you wouldn't go get a bowl of cereal. I, I don't eat cereal anymore. I don't eat cereal like that. Like I'm not, cereal's not my jam no more. But if it was my jam, like if this was ten years ago, I, I would, I'd crush this thing. You would pay for that knowing mm-hmm. it would be better for you just to buy the boxes of cereal. Because I can get all this stuff mixed together. I guess. I, I, my brain doesn't work like that. If I'm in a dorm and it's 11 o'clock and, like, you know, boy, fourth meal's over or fourth meal's trash and I want to, like, you know, I was like, I want some cereal. Then you would have your boxes of cereal in your dorm room. What if I don't? I can just go to the thing and get I, me some cereal. We're not going to agree on this. This is, you got to think like a college kid. I can't. It's you got, I'm too far removed from it. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm too, old, Roy. Too far removed from a college. Ugh. Yes, I see. You work on a college campus, so you you have a foot in there. I don't. I haven't been on a college campus in forever. Yeah, I think like a college kid. College kids are gonna like this. I'm really I, I, again these uh, Kellogg's Bowl Bots. These things again. If they figure out the fruit situation, make sure these apples don't go bad. Then then again, they're gonna not. I get, oh, maybe blueberries. I don't know what you put apples on cereal. Get the blueberry situation going down. Then I think this is gonna be a big deal. So. Again, check those out. Again, only a Florida State and University of Wisconsin-Madison. But if they come to the Philadelphia area, we will let you know about that as well. We'll take a break. On the other side, we have to talk about, or we're going to talk about, Nimit Palace, one of our favorite spots during the quarantine. You're listening to the John Appetit Podcast. Welcome back, segment number two of the show. We're talking about Nimit Palace in Voorhees, New Jersey. This is a family-owned North Indian restaurant in Voorhees. I want to, you know, spe- you know, specify that because there are differences between um, Indian cuisine based on region. So this is North Indian, a North Indian restaurant in Voorhees. Um, but this menu again is not just North Indian cuisine. It's literally there are two hundred items on the menu. If you go online, I think it's like one hundred eighty-seven. If you go online. The menu's kind of overwhelming <laughs> on, on some level. There's so many things 
on this menu, including vegetarian and non-vegetarian items. Um, there actually are two locations of uh, Nimit. Well, there's the Nimit Palace family, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. There's Nimit Palace, um, which is um, in Voorhees, New Jersey, um, on Whitehorse Road. There's Nimit um, Indian Kitchen, which is on Whitehorse Pike. Now, Indian, I think they're going through renovations. Yes. So Nimit Indian Kitchen is not open right now. No. But Nimit Palace is literally four minutes away um, in Stratford. Um, again, like on the way to Voorhees Town Center or whatever it's called. It's, it's in that direction. Um, but it, I think they both have the same menu. I'm not 100% sure on that. Either way, there is stuff on these menus that you will like. There's a ton of, if you like Indian food, Northern Indian food. There's so much on this menu. Like, I would like to say that we put a significant dent on this menu, but I don't think we have. No, we have not. Because um, there's just so much there. It's a huge menu. And plus, we've, well, I have found <laughs> my favorites, and I just keep getting the same things over and over again. So, uh, we'll start off with the appetizers. They have um, tra- tra- traditional appetizers like samosas, chutney and, and chaat. They have soups and salads, rice dishes, tandoori specials. Uh, and they even have Indo-Chinese specials, which is how they're listed on the menu, such as like fried, like like Chinese fried rice, Chinese-style fried rice, and sesame chicken. Um, the appetizers, again, the naan, you get the naans, all the naans. Like, we love, like, I love the naans. Yeah. The garlic naan, the chili naan. They even have a, na- a chicken tikka naan. They have naan with little bits of, like, chicken tikka inside of it, which is crazy. It just goes hard. But the best, to me, the best appetizer is this paneer culture. It's this white bread, and it's stuffed with cheese and milder. It's not like cheese bread, but it has like the cheese flavor in it. It's just enough cheese to kind of give you that good cheese flavor and, and herby flavor, but it's not like super cheesy bread or anything like that. I can eat a stack of that. Like that stuff is fantastic. I love that stuff. I love all the knives. I'm a bread person, so yeah, bread's not me. a bread person so much. So. Yeah, Chanel's not a bread person, but she has found her favorite dish. And what is that? My favorite dish is the butter chicken. It's the best butter chicken I've ever had in my life. So, I could drink that sauce. Like, it's so good. But I also like the chicken 65. So the butter chicken is is boneless tandoori chicken cooked and simmered in a sauce of fresh tomatoes and a creamy sauce. Creamy sauce. That's what it says on the, online. So, um, I'm not sure how they make the sauce. I'm not sure what's in the sauce. It's a Crack. really It's a really delicious sauce. Like, it's... It's good. It's a really good sauce, and Chanel loves it. Like that's, I absolutely like, love it. That's a staple. That's a staple, and as she mentioned, the Chicken 65 is a staple as well. A boneless breasted chicken marinated in yogurt, grilled and tossed with onion and, and, and excuse me, and chef's special spices. Don't know what those special spices are. I know they're fantastic. We've been chasing the great Indian chicken dish ever since we came back from London. Yes. Um, and this is probably the best one we've had here um, if you want a good chicken if you want good chicken dishes yeah i re- highly recommend butter chicken i i get hot so you can get your various yes. levels of spices i'm a hot girl so i get hot so they come in um i think they come by default everything comes well the things that come with spice come with medium but you can get mild spice you can get medium and you can get hot um high level spice um so those are two two kind of staple chicken dishes but they also do a very good biryani. Yes. Uh, they, they have shrimp biryani, excuse me, lamb biryani, and chicken biryani. Um, just recently, we ordered the, the chicken biryani. We, we've had all three. <laughs> Again, we're trying to knock out this menu, and everything we've had is really good. It's just different levels of good. Yes. It's like stuff we love more than stuff we just like a lot. Um, so they have the biryanis. There's the, the tandoori shrimp. Um, they have marinated jumbo shrimp cooked in a clay oven. 
served with mint chutney. We've tried that. We've tried the tandoori chicken. Uh, the chicken curry, the boneless chicken with the heavy curry sauce. Were you a fan of the, the, chicken, uh, curry? the chicken curry? was very good. It's just we got the chicken curry and the butter chicken at the same time. Right, right. And once I had the butter chicken, I was in love and done with all other chicken dishes. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> of course, they give you the rice and all the all the sides and spices that go with that. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Like, we water from here a lot. Oh, um, God. It's we've, so good. It's really good. <laughs> it's the, um, we've had the chicken breaded with the chickpea uh, flour. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really good. I can't think of the name of the dish. Yeah, is it the pakora? Maybe that's not. That, that sounds familiar. Okay, yeah. No, we're, we're working our way through the menu. And all we can say is we highly recommend this place. Everything we've had has been takeout. So we order and then we pick it up. We haven't eaten inside. So no. we, we haven't had that experience. Our total experience with this, this restaurant uh, over the... We've been ordering... What Did we start this year or last year? Last year. Yeah. We've been ordering that from them since last year, and it's always been takeout. It's always been fresh food. They package it well. Like, they get the order right. Just get the order right every single Perfect time. Perfect every time. No complaint. Don't have to wait. Again, and then the restaurant itself is, again, not a huge restaurant. It's in a strip mall um, in Stratford. But, again, you can, you can probably seat... 40 to 50 people, at least in the, in the maybe maybe a little bit more. Maybe I'll say 50 people, um, at least in the, in the spot that you can see when you walk in. Um, but I saw there was a table of 20 people in there when I went last time to pick up our order. Um, so they can handle, you know, large crowds um, if you want. Very nice, very clean inside. Again, they're very nice. Again, they really have to, don't have to wait. They get tons of DoorDash orders, and they get tons of online orders because, like, the food is really, really, like, really good. It's fabulous. It's so, so good. Again, we highly Highly recommend yeah. Nimit Palace again. This is on our rotation. This is in our rotation. N I M I T. Yes, yeah. N I M I T Palace in Voorhees, New Jersey. This is in our rotation of places to go. Yes. If you're in, if you're in South Jersey, again, we highly recommend you try Nimit Palace if you're a fan of Northern Indian cuisine. Going off the menu again, again for a second. I want to talk about something that happened a couple weeks ago because oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the deal is. Well, I I know what the deal is, but I need. I want to know what your thoughts are. On oh, this. okay. Do you understand? Do you, do you know what's going on with the Turkey Leg Hut? Yes. Turkey Leg Hut is this place in Houston that, again, people, everybody, if you go to Houston, apparently you have to go here. Yeah, it's super popular. The food is supposed to be really, really good. They have really good drinks. And then it's like the spot. Yeah, it's a spot. It's a hangout spot. It's a chill spot. Mm-hmm. Like you link up, you meet up, you hang out, you know, you kind of spend some time there. Long lines. Long very lines. Popular. Very popular. Very popular place. So the Turkey Leg Hut, you know, as you may have guessed, they take massive turkey legs, they smoke them, they split them open, and they stuff them with all sorts of stuff. Macaroni and cheese, Cajun rice, fettuccine Alfredo, you yeah. name it, they put it in this turkey leg. Yeah, if you're a turkey leg fan, or even if you're not, I mean, this looks like a good meal. When good. we go to uh, Houston, we will be going in Turkey Leg Hut. So, recently, they, um, I won't say enacted, but they uh, posted uh-huh. a dress code yes. policy, mm-hmm. um, which... Stated in part, I don't have the official uh, post in front of me because I think, I think they took the original one down. But it stated in part: no excessively revealing clothing, um, no obscene language or baggy clothing, no house attire, including wave caps, do rags, house shoes or shower caps. They said shorts must cover an entire bottom, and again, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, those are basically um, those oh. are basically the mm-hmm. the uh, Turkey Lake Hut dress code. And so they came under fire for the dress code. So I just want to ask you. What do you, and I hate to do the two-part thing, but what do you think of the dress code itself? And, as some people are arguing, are dress codes inherently racist? Okay. Number one, I agreed with the dress code. 
Um, Turkey Lake Hut may be all those things, the hangout sort of thing, but it's also a family restaurant. Mm-hmm. So children are there. Mm-hmm. And what I'm noticing, you know, I'm I'm not outside yet, but from the things that I've been seeing, like watching t- television, looking online, stuff, people are going out and either looking mm. way too provocative or looking like they barely showered, which is your right to do either. Mm-hmm. I don't shame you at the... But if I own a business and an establishment and I want a certain aesthetic and I want a certain clientele, I have the right to say, I don't want you in here with your butt hanging out or I don't want you in here looking like you just rolled out of bed and walked in here. Like, so I don't have a problem with people who own businesses establishing the type of customer that they want mm-hmm. to see. Now, is a dress code inherently racist? No. I don't think it's inherently racist. I think that it can be used in ways that are racist. But mm-hmm. if you're telling people that I, I want you to come in here and look presentable and not look dirty or filthy or, you know, as long as you're applying that across the board, then that's not an issue. I think when, when we get into whether or not a dress code is racist, it, it comes with people not applying it the same across the board. Because I've seen stories, especially out of Atlanta, where restaurants have turned Black people away, including I want to say um, Dominique Wilkins, Dominique Wilkins. Mm. the most famous man in Atlanta, and the most famous person <laughs> in Atlanta, uh, turned him away, saying he wasn't appropriately dressed. But he could see in the restaurant that people had on similar clothing or clothing that was less dressy than him. That's when it becomes racist, when you're not applying it across the board. But if I have a business and I say, "Yo, I don't want you in here with a do rag or a bonnet," I have the right to say that. Maybe that's not the clientele I want in there. I want people who who maybe care a little bit more about what they look like to come in here. I want when people come in from out of town or or, or certain people come in to see certain things to feel comfortable. A lot of people don't feel comfortable with women walking around with their butt hanging out of shorts. I don't want to bring my kid to a place where people look like this. So, no, that's not racist. Who says that it's black people walking around with do-rags? I see plenty of white people who wear do-rags and Hispanic people and all kinds of people who wear do-rags. So that's not racist. What's racist is if you tell me I can't do X, tell people they can't do X, but then you let some people in doing X and then you exclude some people. Right. And, so. and again, like you mentioned before, you know, Dominique Wilkins had the um, incident a few weeks ago where he was not able to... Um, going to a side of Atlanta establishment because he had like sneakers on or yeah. something like that. But then he saw someone at the bar with sneakers, and that's the thing. It's like you can have you're gonna have because again, most re- like honestly, a lot of upscale restaurants have dress codes. Yes, but again, at some point, you know, I, I can understand if you're a restaurant and some regular patron comes in or somebody comes in who may not fit that dress code, but you're like, you know, we'll make an exception because again, we want that business. If once you do that though, you have to let everybody open the door up for everybody else. You cannot, you cannot say, Oh, I know Bob or, you know, Jamal so they can come in and do it. But then you exclude Eric or Todd. No, No. once you let Bob and Jamal come in there looking any kind of way, then you got to let Eric and Todd come in there too. When you start picking and choosing, that's when it becomes, whether it's racism or favoritism or whatever, that's when it becomes an unfair policy. But if you're just blanketed and applying it across the board and like, hey, I know you're my brother, but you're not dressed appropriately, so you can't come in, then then it's your dress code and that's what it is. And I don't have a problem with that because I also have, it's also my money. Right. So if I wear <clears throat> my butt hanging out of shorts, I can choose not to give you my money because I want to go somewhere where I can dress how I want. I can wear my, like, that's what people fail to realize, especially in this day and age. If somebody doesn't like something you're doing, don't go there. Yeah. 
Don't give them your money. Don't give them your money. Go where you are celebrated. Do not go where you are merely tolerated. That has always been my motto, especially when it comes to things where I feel like it's a little funny that people are acting a little funny, like they don't want to serve me or do something. Um, I don't have to give you my money. I will go where I'm celebrated. I do not have to. Uh, we don't have to force to be around each other simply so that you can tolerate me. You can save that. Yeah, no, your money is your voice. Again, exactly. Don't, Use your money yeah. if you don't like it. Right. Um, and again, this dress code thing obviously had a, um, it was a big um, to-do here in Philadelphia um, a couple of months ago with State 48 um, because they had, they had newly, revi- they had revised their dress code as well. Um, again, a similar deal to State 48. Um, no excessively frayed or torn clothing. Mm-hmm. No hooded sweatshirts. No sweatshirts with large, large images. Um, no clothing emitting offensive odors such as excessive perfume, cologne, tobacco, and marijuana odors. No bandanas worn as headwear. So when that happened, and, and in addition to that, they also had um, they also passed a well passed. They also said that um, the checks, um, hundred dollar minimum per person for each check. Um, so combined with all that, again, people thought that you know they were trying to specifically exclude you know black people or, or black people aren't the only people who wear sweatsuits and right. stuff. I must say like. like like that's a they that tells me you want a specific clientele. If I don't like that, I don't want to give you my money. Right. Like I'm right. just not going to give you my money. Right. Like I don't need to be part of your business. You do not have to serve me. You don't now. If you blatantly say we don't want black people here, then that's a problem. <laughs> that's different, right? Right. right. But a sweatsuit or a, yeah, sweatsuit, like, there that are seems certain reasonable. things right. in this world. So like when you go to court. You can't just show up. You know, there's certain places where you just don't show up. Mm-hmm. You have to come. When we go to work, you have to dress a certain way to come to work. They, you can't wear sweatshoes, frayed clothes. You can't come in excessively smelling like anything, especially gym marijuana. Short, gym shorts you on. Can't wear gym, so does that mean work is racist? No, that's just a certain thing. Your job wants it to be like that. These restaurants, establishments, whatever, want a certain look. Now, if they... if if that's not your look, don't give them your money. Yeah. Go right. somewhere that, you know, tell people don't go there. They don't like people who dress like us. Right. But is it racist to say that? No, that's the assumption. We go out and uh, spend $100 each. We're black. So how's that racist? You know, we don't wear sweatshirts and frayed clothes when we go to dinner. So I don't understand. It's, it's like as black people we do not want people making the assumption that we are all the same correct so when you start saying these dress codes and everything are racist that's making the assumption that we are all the same exactly no people it sounds like people who dress like that tend to be younger people Mm -hmm. tend to be of the hip-hop culture which is not black it's not all black people right hip-hop culture is international Mm mm-hmm and they have a look about them, and they wear sweatshirts and freight clothes and whatever it is they do. Weave caps and everything. All that stuff. And yeah. that does not have a color. Yep. That is a culture, and it's specifically a younger culture, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. But that's my take on and it. And I'll leave it there. There you go. We're going <laughs> to end the segment there. On the other side, we have a very intriguing upcoming event to tell you about. And we're handing out more invitations to our home for a Sunday dinner. You're listening to the John Appetite Podcast.
Welcome back, segment number three of the show. I am very interested in this event. This is called Hoagie Nation. It's coming August 7th um, at the Man Music Center here in Philadelphia. Concert seasons are coming. It's coming back. Concerts are back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you want to go to a concert. This is an outdoor concert. So for, oh, some, for, okay. so for those of you who are worried about being in close proximity <laughs> to people, fear less because this is an outdoor concert. <laughs> but concert season and festival season is coming back. This is one of the, the bigger ones, that are the first ones. They're coming back. I know Made in America is coming back as well. And the Made in America lineup, by the way, it looks pretty good. Oh, that lineup is if, if I was insane. Like 30, if, I if I was, was 10 years younger. If I was younger and, yeah. and, and not scared of COVID, I'd be there. Uh, but the Hoagie Nation's for probably like the the upper, the older level. Is it for uh, us? Level. Well, not quite for us. Okay. But I mean, a little to some extent. Okay. Um, but it's for the older set. Um, this is the, uh, it used to be a yearly festival. Um, but again, because of COVID, they, they didn't have it last year. Um, but it's a, it's a festival that celebrates Philadelphia and celebrates the hoagie culture in Philadelphia. Hosted and featuring Hall & Oates. Oh, there you go, Roy. That is for us. Temple's Finest Hall & Oates as a headliner, along with Cool in the Gang. Mm, that's uh, a little before our time. Uh, the Whalers from Bob Marley I don't, fame. I don't know. Bob Marley and the Whalers. I'm not familiar. Uh, Craig Robinson and his band, The Nasty Delicious. I don't know who that is. You know, Craig, you, you watch The Office like every, every single night. Yeah, I do. Craig Robinson. I don't know who that Darryl. is. Daryl. Oh, he has a band? He has a whole band. Yeah, when he's singing in those commercials, he's a singer. That's his thing. I know he sings on in the office. I didn't know that he was yeah. really a singer. Okay, go ahead. Craig Robinson and the Nasty, Nasty Delicious and more. Most most importantly, though, free hoagie tastings for all attendees. There'll be food trucks and local craft beers and spirits. That sounds fun. And a portion of the proceeds will be donated to Phil Abundance. Awesome. So good stuff. Hoagie Nation again, August the 7th at the Man Center um, in Philadelphia. Again, festival season is back, so check that out. I think... I think tickets are relatively inexpensive. I don't think they're hundred bucks. I think it's a little, a little less than that. So oh, okay, cool. It's pretty. It's a pretty affordable thing for an all-day festival, music festival. Again, Hall and Oates, Cool and the Gang. And Roy the loves Hall and Oates because they're Temple alum. To you, Gang. I like Cool and Gang too. Cool and Gang got some. Got some. Oh jokes. no, I love Cool and Gang. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I just, it's too. just I love it because that's what my parents listen to. Yeah, they got some jams. So again, check that out. Again, Hoagie Nation, August the seventh, Man Music Center. It's time now for our Sunday dinner segment, our portion of the show where we hand out. Invitations to our home for Sunday dinner to people based on something they've done over the past week or so. Sometimes it's something good. Other times it's something not quite as good. It's always something notable, or at least notable to us. A little bit of a break from us discussing food for the entire episode. Um, you no, go mine first is about like. food. So. Mine, yours is about food. Mine is not. So go ahead. Yeah. So I don't even know who this invite goes out to because mm. I'm just a little perturbed. A little perturbed, all right. So I, those of you who do the shopping for your families have noticed a trend of proteins going up. And when I say proteins, I mean pork, beef, chicken, fish, things like that. Mm-hmm. The prices have been skyrocketing. But this this little mini rant I'm about to go on is specifically related to crab legs. Okay. Crab legs have seen a 50% increase in prices. So I went searching on the internet and I found an interview with the fine folks at Samuels and Sons, and they kind of talked about what's going on in the seafood world. So apparently demand has shot up, but supply has gone down. Mm. So when I used to pay $20 for my bag of crab legs, they're now 40. So I don't know who gets this invite. I just need you guys to stop eating crab legs. Well, here's the thing. You saw that the price of chicken went up. Yeah, I saw that. So like Wingstop had to switch to thighs. thighs. Yeah. Like what? it's all, pan- they say ultimately it's all pandemic related. Correct. 
But wow, well, soon we're not going to be able to afford food. You saw again. Do you remember? Beef is ridiculously say, steak, priced. Steak you couldn't you find. You cannot find steak. What is that about? I'm starting to see steak now. You're starting to see more now. Again, it's more expensive than it was. But I'm seeing steak now. There but was again, a period when you could not find a ribeye. I went to I went to uh, um, Sam's a couple of days ago, and like the chicken section was like eighty percent empty. Like the chicken, like the like chicken right. pieces, mm-hmm. like wings and you know all that stuff, like gone, like nothing. Like I saw more beef than I saw chicken um, at Sam's. So like a lot of the stuff, like you said, is pandemic related. Again, the crab legs. Again, like the I'm really seafood. excited about the crab legs. Yeah, so because I won't pay that price for them. Yeah, that's no, a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, I saw the price of crab legs. I'm like, oh, it's not a special occasion. Can't do it. No, Can't pull I'm that not doing that. Can't pull that trigger. Yeah, so yeah, it's a little, it's a little tough. A lot less crab legs I've seen recently than than before. So. And this is all pandemic, or I think a lot of it's pandemic related. Really. So, and then it better be pandemic related and not them trying to mess around with us. Yeah, I hope I hope it's not. All right, my Sunday dinner invite goes out to future Philadelphia 76er Damian Lillard. Damian is Lillard is that really a thing? Representing the um, the nation is that happening for at real? the Olympics? Or are you making stuff up? He is currently a member of the Portland Trailblazers. They asked him about his future with the Portland Trailblazers, and he said. I haven't really made a decision yet, but all I know is we need more than a new coach. To me, that means y'all got to do something or I'm out of here. And to me, that really means I love Philadelphia. You're making stuff And I want to come here. Okay. Speaking of Philadelphia, we got a point guard that a lot of people here don't want, Ben Simmons. And that's the best Portland can do in a trade for Damian Lillard. I need to see Damian Lillard run a pick and roll with Joel Embiid, I need to see Allen Iverson hug Damian Lillard, call him a killer after Damian Lillard hits a game winner in his first week as a Sixer. I can't wait for it to happen. It's probably going to happen sometime in August. Welcome to Philadelphia, Damian Lillard. I know you're a wine guy. I know some people. I can get you some wine. And by I can get you some wine is we can go to Total Wine and Spirits and I'll buy you a couple bottles. But if you want some food, we can go to Zahav. Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, championship dethroning whoever wins the 2021 title probably Giannis dethroning that and bringing a parade to Philadelphia Damian Lillard we want you here and and listen if you come here you can rap with Meek you can rap with Beans you can rap with Freeway you can rap with Cassidy they will all probably give you verses they'll probably give you verses Tierra Whack Thought all right Roy come through Damian wrap it up come through that's this edition of the, the Joe and Appetit podcast. Thank you guys for listening. As always, before we sign off, there's one more thing we'd like to tell you. Now, our name isn't just a catchphrase. It's always to you every time you grab a bite to eat. So the next time you head out to your favorite restaurant, we'd like to wish you... John Appetit. Come to Philly, Dame. up to $5,000 risk-free.
resume the app for the people, people. Must be 21. Offer valid in Virginia only and for new players. Paid in bet credits. Terms and conditions apply. See Caesars.com slash promos. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat 1-888-532-3500. When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Michael. But since he is so focused on growing his career, we hired an actor to read his story. If you want a job where you get out as much as you put in, GEICO is the best place to work. Plus, we promote from within, so there are no ceilings placed on your opportunities. They even offer parental leave to full-time employees. So there's nothing stopping him from going all the way to the top. But not too high. He's scared of heights. Ready to start your career at Virginia Beach? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Virginia Beach.